Trade Talks, bringing you the best of the buy side. Hello and welcome back to season two of Trade Talks. I'm Kaz Cahill, Multimedia Editor at The Trade. And joining me as always is Annabelle Smith, who is our new senior reporter. And we've got a new face on the podcast, or well, should I say voice, Laurie McCautry, who is our new managing editor. So first things first, Laurie, welcome to The Trade. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, you want to give us a little bit about yourself to the audience? Hi, guys. It's really good to be here and do the first uh, Trade Talks podcast. I hope that there'll be lots more of them. Um, I joined the trade at the start of January. So um, new new year, new start. Uh, 2022 is going to be really exciting for us. Um, I've worked in finance uh, all my life for, for well over 10 years now. So horrifyingly long. Um, and we've got a, a really good pipeline of stuff that's going to be coming out this year. So we've got lots more digital content that's going to be coming out. Uh, we've got a fantastic setup for the spring print edition so there's lots to look forward to i'm really excited about it that's right and we've got the podcast back it's been a been a while we had a little hiatus but uh we're back now we've got new stuff so it's good to have a new team and get this uh content out and today we're going to be covering the reddit wars the meme stocks it was really big last year and since we just had the anniversary of it i think there's no better way to go over it with the podcast but annabelle you wrote a story about this a feature and it was very popular it got a lot of clicks got a lot of shares do you want to give us a quick rundown about this story yeah for sure yeah also it's a, a pleasure being back on the airwaves with you guys and really exciting to have Laurie on board as well this actually was one of our um our most read features I think I mean it sort of gripped the whole market and the whole industry the fact that this sort of type of event has never really happened before and I think it kind of shook people because it really identified quite a large sort of blind spot or weakness in the market that no one really knew was there my article personally sort of like focused on the social media side of things because I think that was one really important takeaway from this was the sort of ominous role that social media played in kind of allowing this swarm of retail investors to congregate and launch a sort of coordinated attack on Wall Street it was obviously on the Wall Street Bets Reddit channel um, that investors learned about GameStop it was on Twitter, where Elon Musk tweeted a link to that Reddit channel. Um, it was on social media where they realised their activity, the retail investors, was was squeezing the position of certain hedge funds. And that information was what obviously gave birth to this idea of a revolutionary move against you know financial institutions that had short positions. I mean, the GameStop share prices, they, they climbed around like a thousand percent in two weeks. So, I mean, that just kind of shows the influence that, that retail investors can have when they have this coordinated approach. So I think, yeah, it was, I mean, it was really interesting to watch and, and you know, a year on, it's interesting to see what the changes will be in the market following following on from it, really. Yeah, it was like a whole movement, wasn't it? But uh, we've also got a guest, Matt Smith from SteelEye, who Laurie spoke to a little bit earlier, and we'll be hearing more about that. But Laurie, there's some other stuff we wanted to go over. Yeah, I think, um, as Annabelle said, you know, it, it's, you know, revisiting this now is about looking at the lessons that we've learned one year on. And in part, you know, it is this issue, this this amazing kind of um, gathering together of, of social media, of retail investors, um, you know, David against Goliath, um, you know, and that really captured the public imagination. But looking at it from the other side of the fence, 
you know, what, what lessons have the institutional investors learned? What, what lessons have the short sellers themselves learned? Um, and, you know, and where are the regulators coming from? And I think here it's quite an important element to look at. It's not just about the social media issue. I think this, this saga also threw up some really interesting and really apparently very contentious issues, um, particularly around uh, regulation and securities lending reform. So I think at this point, it's probably worth very quickly explaining what a short squeeze is, which basically I'm sure that most of our listeners know, but but it basically involves driving up shares so high that short sellers are forced to cover their own positions by buying the stock. And then these purchases push the price even higher. So you end up in this upward spiral. So Melvin Capital, which is one of the biggest names involved in this, and um, and Citadel, obviously Ken Griffins, um, had bought a lot of, a large stake in Melvin just before this happened. Melvin had been short on GameStop since 2014. Um, so it lost out massively when the Wall Street bets crowd started to squeeze. But GameStop was one of the most shorted stocks ever. In January, before all the chaos began, it was shorted by almost 140% already, which meant that there were more shares shorted that the company, than the company even had out there. So quite apart from the whole social media frenzy, the element of that element of the saga is really important. Should those hedge funds have been allowed to take the short positions um, to that level? And on a wider basis, is it a bit crazy that the same share, like you, if you think about it, just one share can essentially just be shorted over and over again. It can just be resold on forever. And platforms like Robinhood, which obviously was quite badly burned by the crisis, have recognised already that that's an issue. And so quite a few people, including the Robinhood CEO, Vlad Tenev, have called for a modernization of market infrastructure after the events. What they want is that shares should be properly tracked once they've been loaned out to be shorted, because at the moment that doesn't happen and nobody really knows what's happening. So the SEC has now got involved. Um, and last November, Gary Gensler, who's its chairman, said that securities lending needed to be brought out of the dark. And it's now looking at a series of pretty extensive reforms, including new rules on reporting, new disclosure requirements for short selling. And this has got hedge funds, unsurprisingly, a bit hot and bothered. They're getting their knickers in a bit of a twist, not least because it's going to cost them probably millions more to comply with these new reporting requirements. And that's quite a big deal for our industry. So one of the biggest suggestions, for example, one of the most controversial suggestions is the SEC proposal that anyone lending a security would have to provide details of that transaction to a regulator, probably someone like FINRA, within 15 minutes of executing the transaction. That's gone down like an absolute lead balloon, as you would probably expect. And now a lot of the big guys are arguing that these disclosure rules are going to have a seriously negative effect because they would effectively allow short squeezes to be reverse engineered by revealing all of this data. So they're saying that people could actually deliberately create yet another GameStop saga on purpose in order to create, um, you know, opportunities in the market. So people like Ken Griffin of Citadel have come out pretty strongly against it, but it's not just the hedge funds. Um, you've got industry associations like the Alternative Investment Management Association, and you've even got giants like BlackRock um, who've suggested that the reporting deadline should actually be at the close of the next trading day, which is a pretty big jump from 15 minutes. So I think if the SEC reforms are brought in, um, and we don't know whether they will be or not, but you know they're on the horizon, and I think that that's going to be a huge change to the market, if so. The public consultation period ended earlier this month. I think it ended on the 7th of January. So I think we'll see what they come out with in due course. Um, but that's certainly one of one of the lessons that the regulators are taking from the GameStop fiasco, and, it, and it's one to keep an eye on. 
Mm, absolutely. And and just to, to mention as well, for example, you, you mentioned BlackRock there. Um, obviously, I mean, BlackRock earned $555 million from securities lending last year. So it's changes to this, you know, are definitely going to be contentious. They're definitely going to be something to watch because, you know, as you say, some some of the changes may go down like a lead balloon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not all of them. We're not criticizing them. <laughs> not at all. We're, we're an independent news source. But um, but yeah, it's interesting to see both sides of the story there and, and both sides of the argument. That's good. Something you said is on the horizon, uh, something I'm sure the trade will be covering very closely when it, we get a bit more on that. Let's move on to our interview, because, Laurie, you uh, spoke with Matt Smith, who is the CEO of SteelEye. In person, online and on the air, it's time for the Trade Talks interview. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. So uh, it's a big day today. It's the official anniversary of the GameStop saga when retail investors joined forces to turn on short sellers and a lot of people got burned. It was a huge deal for both sides of the market. So one year on, we're talking to Matt Smith, CEO of red tech giant SteelEye, about what lessons have been learned. Through social media, the Reddit army basically weaponized their involvement in stock markets to negatively impact hedge funds who had taken short positions in companies like GameStop and AMC. They pushed the GME share price up by over a thousand percent in just two weeks. And by January 27th last year, short sellers had already accumulated losses of more than five billion dollars for the year. At the height of the GameStop saga, 24 billion shares were traded on US exchanges in just one day, surpassing the previous record by over four billion shares. Online brokers like Robinhood were forced to suspend trading, which was massively unpopular. And it was the first time that retail investors had banded together to seriously influence market movement. It pretty much blindsided the industry and showed that current risk models were simply not equipped to manage an event like this. So where are we one year on? Matt, thanks so much for being here. I'm super keen to hear your thoughts on this. Had you ever seen anything like this before? Where does it rank on the list of unexpected market incidents? Well, I mean, I can't believe it's been a year already. Um, you know, th- things like this have happened in the past. I think the, the, the big shift is, is the neo-brokers, so the, the, the new age retail brokers, and, and also the fact that you've got a large portion of the population on, on the back of COVID uh, getting into regular day trading. Um, you, you tie that together with the, the influence social media has, and, and you've got a a recipe for disaster, or at least something that that needs to be rethought in terms of how the market operates. You know, market integrity is 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 really div- driven by our, our ability to to control the markets and make sure things are transparent. And we're going into a new world where 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 that isn't the case. And everybody does uh, will have to adapt and learn how to 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 manage this this new world because it's there and this is this this is the market. Okay, so I mean, that's really interesting. And I think the trend that we are seeing is that retail investors are gathering power and coordinated strategies like this are becoming more common. We had the meme stock incident, we've got crypto investing, we've got the rise of retail trading platforms, their convergence with institutional exchanges. Is this a new trend that trading desks should really be keeping an eye on? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've seen social media uh, play a key role in influencing politics. And now we're starting to see it influence markets. Um, and, and certainly with the, the new age uh, retail broker markets being widely available, low cost and a platform that anybody can access, suddenly the dimensions and dynamics of how the markets operate is changing. 
Um, uh, you, you take things like research, right? So research in, in Europe under the MIFID regulation is, is highly regulated uh, and the distribution of research is, is controlled and it's controlled to make sure that there's uh, fairness and equality, but also uh, to make sure that um, the, the quality of research distribution is, is maintained and, and the integrity of that distribution is maintained. Suddenly you've got platforms like Reddit and Twitter uh, being a, a place where effectively people can distribute research wide scale to the retail markets, influencing um, how people react. And, and you know, it, it will happen again. There's going to need to be new controls put in place to, to protect the integrity of the markets. Um, you, you take as an example, Elon, Elon Musk, right? So Elon Musk tweets and it has an impact on the price of a share. I mean, that's his reach. It's something like 49 million uh, Twitter followers that he can reach and, and distribute research to, in theory, um, which uh, will, will influence um, how people respond in, in the markets and trade. And, and how do you control that? How do you regulate that? And, and there's a long way to go. Yeah, absolutely. The, the meme stock madness, I think, specifically highlighted the impact of social media on the markets and how retail investors can influence the institutional space, which is a concern. So how can institutional investors adapt their risk models to mitigate the possibility of this happening again? Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously got to be a factor in, in risk management going forward. It's, it's played a, a huge role recently in terms of um, how people interact with the markets from an institutional perspective as well as a retail perspective. Um, and and th that does need to be, be factored in. How you do that, unfortunately, you know, th there's, there's no kind of telling when somebody decides that they're going to influence uh, uh, the price of a share. And, and uh, you, you know, you look at it, is it activism? Or is it market manipulation? Uh, and, and really, I think it depends on, on um, how it's, uh, it's perceived and how, how it's uh, executed. You take Roaring Kitty with the GameStop example as an, as an example there. You've got a professional um, market pr practitioner out talking to people about short selling. So it was guised as activism, but was it really? Now, if uh, Roaring Kitty went and did uh, a trade um, that benefited him off uh, changing uh, the, the, the price of a share using retail investors, um, that is the, the definition of market manipulation. He's gone and he's used a platform to distribute information and, and then traded in, in an alternative. By the way, I'm not saying that, that Roaring Kitty did do this, but if, if he did, um, then it's direct market manipulation. It's the same with, with the Elon thing on Twitter, right? So if, if uh, Elon uh, trades uh, off the back of a tweet that he's been able to artificially manipulate the price of a share, then is that a crime? I mean, you, you take his recent um, uh, tweet where he was asking, should he be selling some of his shares? Well, he had already done the trade. He, he sold those shares. Then he goes out to the market and says, should I sell them? The price then is changed based on on um, on uh, the, the, the information he, he's distributed. And did he go off and do a trade in the other direction that benefited him? So he, he's gaining on both sides of his manipulation of the market. Not saying he did, but if he did, then to me, that should be a crime. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a worrying trend. So what tools do you think that we could use to stop something like this happening again? I'm thinking about risk mitigation, surveillance tools, trade oversight processes, for example, you know, what, what things are you looking at that you think might be useful? Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, when, when you look at the, the tools that are available to 
um, to, to certainly the institutional markets. Obviously, risk management is, is a key factor, and risk management needs to be taking into account all elements of risk, and, and social influence is, is now a, a proven risk that needs to be managed. Um, the, the, the other side that, that bothers me about, let's take the GameStop example, given that we're, we're kind of one year on today, um, is like platforms like Robinhood, right? So uh, Robinhood prevented the opening of new positions on the 28th of January last year. Uh, they didn't stop the ability to, um, to, to sell, but they stopped the ability to open new positions. Why are they able to make those decisions? And, and, and are they the right people to make those decisions? Should it be the venues? Should it be the regulators? Should the regulators be in a position where they've got better oversight and, and speed at which they can respond to these types of things? Certainly, I don't think it's in Robin Hood's uh, remit to decide who can sell and who cannot on their platform. That, that to me is, is again, manipulating the ability for people to, to operate in the markets. And it's not their decision. It should be the regulators or the venues, um, certainly when it's in, in, in the benefit of their investors. And how are global regulators responding to the GameStop crisis? Can we expect to see anything new come out from, from global regulators on this this year? I mean, it's, it's a good question. On, on the 26th of February last year, the SEC prevented um, the trading of six uh, uh, stocks. And they did that on the back of uh, and in response to what happened with, with GameStop. And it was very, very similar circumstances. Uh, global regulators right now are trying to get to grips with, with actually how they manage this. And, and bear in mind, like the, the manipulation of, of of stocks in this way, you know, it, it, it it's artificial, right? So it artificially is manipulating the price of a, a company, as, as an example. And you know, that that is not a fair way for markets to operate. It shouldn't be based off off manipulation. Um, so the regulators are trying to respond. I think it's going to be very difficult. I think um, more regulation on the retail broker platforms is going to be key. Uh, so, so making sure that they're accountable for, for how, how uh, these things operate and what the circuit breakers are. And the circuit breakers, I don't think, should be one way. It's like you break the circuit and then people can respond to figure out, like, how, how do they manage that before they open the circuits back up? Um, I think the regulators need to figure out ways to hold people accountable for the distribution of information, such as Elon. You know, you, 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 with a platform like that, your your ability to reach broad, broad numbers of people who operate now in the markets freely, uh, you you've got to be accountable for it. And and I don't think they've shown enough teeth there. Um, and and I, I think you know, right now as as a, 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 a global market. Um, I think regulators, financial firms, uh, social platforms, people need to come together and figure out how do we actually prevent the artificial manipulation of, uh, of, uh, of the markets. And, and it's in everybody's benefit. Okay, well, so just to round off the interview, what ultimate impact has the GameStop saga had, do you think, on the broader market ecosystem? Can you give us a little snapshot of your thoughts? We're one year on, you know, it's 12 months later. What changes have we seen? And what changes do you think we need to see if they haven't happened yet? The GameStop saga was an interesting one because it was it was deemed to be activism. So let's go after those uh, those. those awful short selling institutional firms and make them suffer. Right. And, and that's how it was positioned. Um, whether or not that was exactly what happened, you know, who, who knows. Um, but what it's done is it's opened the debate. Uh, you know, we're a year on and we haven't seen a huge amount of progress in terms of like how we control these things. And, and 
I think now is the time that uh, the, the regulators, uh, the financial institutions, uh, the, the, even, even somehow like the representation of the retail uh, investor, whether that's through the, the neo brokers or, or through, through other mechanisms, um, come together and, and start to figure out how do we actually make these markets uh, fair? How do we make them transparent? How do we prevent the artificial manipulation of a, a, of a stock price? Uh, because if you don't, then you know the, the 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 whole dynamics of the market changes. It's no longer based on is this a good business or a bad business? Are they performing or underperforming? It's actually as a society we're going to go after this uh, uh, one. Um, one stock, one company, and, and we're going to move it in a particular direction for our own commercial benefit. That is not how the markets should or um, can act. And, you know, change needs to happen. Great. Well, that's been such an insightful call. Matt, thank you again so much for being here with us and for sharing your thoughts with our audience. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for having me. And it's been a pleasure. You know, lots changed in a year and there's a long way to go. Great, that was our interview with Matt Smith, who is the CEO of Steeleye, and he spoke with us today. It was a pleasure. So, guys, just before we end the show, I've got to ask the question, who bought into the meme stocks? Did anyone get any stocks from the Reddit hype? Yeah, no, I definitely bought in at the beginning, and I'm now a multimillionaire, and I'm just doing the trade for fun. <laughs> Annabelle, That's did you? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no? I wish we had, though. I kind of... I don't know if it was a meme stock. It was more the power of social media, but uh, I bought a few shares in Crocs. I know what you're thinking, Crocs. Wow. Um, I haven't seen them for a while, but then Justin Bieber posted a picture on Instagram and then everyone was buying Crocs. So now <laughs> not only people, is it my dad who's just been supporting the Crocs shares? It's every other young fella who's walking around with Crocs. So not quite a meme stock, but similar. Anyway, from myself, from Annie, from Laurie, it's been a pleasure on the Trade Talks. Uh, be sure to catch up on future episodes or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Trade Talks podcast, bringing you the best of the buy side.